Welcome to episode 67 of Movie Schmovi. My name that. You is got it, You got it right at the beginning. My name is Ronald. Hello. My name is John. Hello. <laughs> My name is Steve. Hello. <laughs> and we are the Movie Schmovi guys. We should have done like a harmony there. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, the, like the Stooges. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I think we tried that once before. We did. We did. It didn't we go did. so well. You know, I thought um, that was horrible, and it was before I knew that Steve was a musician. So I should have been. Actually, <laughs> what are you talking about? You are you're actually, a musician too, John. It should have <laughs> well, been. Well, no, but I thought like. Well, but oh, I, oh, oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. I got you. So two thirds of us should have known. Yeah, two thirds right? of us. Yeah. it wasn't just. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and he's the one with the with the silky pipes. You know, the, the silky smooth voice. Right. Oh boy! Oh boy! That was horrible. That's... Have you ever, have you ever tried to record a slow jam? <laughs> no, I really should try. Yeah, <laughs> I really should try. I should try. That would just be basically recording his everyday conversation. Right. <laughs> yep. You have a you have an app on your phone. You could just. I could just yeah, the voice memo it. You should you should you know what you should do? Side business opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. Basically, get people to pay you to record their voicemail message. Oh man, that'd be you incredible. Could, there, there's a, there's a market out there for I that. One up. of the big things on the uh, Veronica Mars Kickstarter was uh, Kristen Bell recording voicemail messages. Right. Can you really distinguish her voice from anything else's voice? Uh, I, I don't, like I don't know, I, but I feel like I'm, if I heard I'm sure, her, sure she's going to say like, "Hi, this, this is Kristen, Kristen Bell," yeah. <laughs> right. or "This is Veronica Mars." Yeah, right, right. And who I is this Veronica bitch? Yeah. <laughs> What's she <laughs> doing on my boyfriend's phone? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that could be a really awkward Inst- situation. Instant breakup. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so this episode is kind of like one of our interesting themed episodes. Mm-hmm. We don't have like a feature review per se this week. You know, last week we talked about. Uh, the the Evil Dead remake mm-hmm. and Room Two Thirty Seven, uh, but this episode what we did we we kind of John John kind of came up with this idea which was uh, to basically talk about some movies that I guess for all intents and purposes we were supposed to love these films from right. from friends feedback general feedback reviews whatever it might be and um, but unfortunately when we saw them we just couldn't agree with the the consensus that especially we, if it's something like given your taste and given the type of movie that you like sometimes there's movies oh that, especially that, yeah and you know sometimes you get excited about them and then you're disappointed and other times as steve said it's it's the hype that makes you think okay well i guess i finally need to give this movie you know a consideration and then yeah and then you watch it and you feel all alone out and, on a limb. and the more i thought about some of these movies because i don't know i had some trouble coming up with a list i have my list and it's i'm pretty okay with it mm-hmm. but the reason i had trouble coming up with it was because i almost because I'm guilty of this a lot, which and to to myself and to my friends, which to all of you, I apologize. It's that I think that sometimes when I would classify a film in this category, it almost might be because of the hype, mm-hmm. simply because of it. Like it's basically there's no way that that movie is going to deliver on what everybody else has built it up to be. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like I said, sometimes I might build a, a film up to you, Ron, and you go see it. And you're like, why did you build that up so much? Or like, I, I was concerned that I was doing that by how much I was raving about like Silver Linings Playbook or something like that. You know, those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. Or the gray. Or the gray. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, John. But I mean, so some movies I left off of this list only because I feel like it might have been just a, a hype monster that just killed this film. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with it. None of mine are sexy choices, but. Really? Yeah, I felt like my list, I think that. Sometimes you want to look at this type of topic as like someone who's a film aficionado. And it means if you're a film aficionado, you're sort of aware of the real feelings that a lot of people have mm-hmm. about films, like you, you know, rather than like the mainstream reaction. And I think in a way, my list is more reactive to kind of a mainstream concept gotcha. of what should be successful films. You know, I didn't cool. have as many like personal reasons, but I did find that it was hard to find movies that I honestly disliked across the board 
that everybody else really loves. You know, most of the time I have this ability to at least see why people would like it. So it's like it was hard to single a movie like that out to say yeah. it's just not for me. But yeah, there was a, and the one movie that I that I kept wanting to put on the list but I thought it was just too easy because I don't think anyone actually likes this film is The English Patient. Oh my god, I haven't talked I, that, to anybody that was going to be on my list. I haven't talked to anybody that actually likes it, but everybody thinks that everybody else likes it. So I think we all just need to get together and we need to finally get everyone to admit in one place <laughs> that yeah. they don't like English Patient. And then the myth of, of English Patient being a beloved film will just dissipate completely. But um, I have a really old one. Well, do you want to get us started? Yeah, sure. All right, Ronald. Uh, 1961's Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's. So, all right, this movie, great movie, but... There's one thing about it that ruins it for me. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Yunioshi. The most racist thing ever. Portrayed by Mickey Rooney. The movie didn't even <laughs> need this guy in it. Like, he could have... It, it was so... The movie is so good. R.G. Hepburn acting her ass off. It was such a great movie up until he comes and, he, and he's there and he's like, Oh, Miss be quiet it was too much like it was overbearing it was so racist so it turned a movie that was really good to me finally an, an occasion where it would have been appropriate to have hugo weaving in makeup <laughs> right. playing an asian He's playing an asian man and he just wasn't born yet mickey rooney man what the f I, I like the movie up until that point but it ruins it for me it ruins the movie it's 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 yeah it's like that character is piped in from a different universe from the rest of the movie right. too. You know, that's also the very weird part about. But it. you're right. It's like it's not, it's it's not just that it's offensive, but it's completely unnecessary. It's yeah. like there's so many ways they could have avoided doing exactly completely. what they did. It, it, you know what it reminds <laughs> me of? Uh, the only thing that it annoyed me more than was when I was a kid. There was a Dick Tracy cartoon that was, you know, it was like before we were born, but they showed it, you know, um, in the afternoon. So it's Dick Tracy. This pretty straightforward plot. He's beating up bad guys. And then his assistant was like this super Asian stereotype, really buck-toothed dude. And it was very hard to watch. When I was a kid, he was even hard to watch. I was like, there's something weird about this character. I really don't like it. And Breakfast at Tiffany's is no different. So because of that, just ruined it. What about... What about you? What order are we going in? <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the first film I'll mention, a couple, couple of the movies on my list, I'm going to go towards horror <clears throat> because it's one of my favorite genres. And um, the first one that I'll throw out there is the original, I'll probably get shit for this, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh! Yeah. Mm. Thank you, John. As predicted. Yes. <laughs> I swear, like, I'm, I can see into the future. Do you see this? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know if this was uh, the, the unique one, like where I felt like growing up as a kid and not watching it until I was like in my early teens. Mm -hmm. Like just the, the buildup of people telling me how classic and how great and how like it's the standard and just so many positive things about a genre film like it. And, and also another movie is going to be on my list later. But I just, you know, I didn't identify with the movie at all. I mean, like, I guess I could appreciate what it was. I guess mm -hmm. not being alive when it came out and not kind of seeing it in context of what cinema was at that time. Um, 
I think may change my experience with it. And I mean, to this day, I've tried to watch it multiple times and, um, you know, my reaction is kind of always the same. I mean, there are moments <laughs> w- which is not like a negative. It's, it, and like right. we talked about this before the show started, John, where you're like, these movies on these lists aren't movies that I, that I necessarily hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're movies that I just think I didn't love. Like I thought that I would based off of everything else. And I think with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I can watch certain scenes in it, especially like thinking that, some of it's based off of, of of true events and things like that. That that itself is a kind of interesting idea. Um, and certain scenes kind of get me, and you know, I definitely can can get into them and see why a lot of the audience um, identified with it or like really enjoyed it as much as they did, and kind of hold it in such a high standard. But um, just not anything that really scared me, and 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 that made it seem scary to me watching it. And I mean, that may be because like I grew up more so watching more of like the boogeyman type horror films, like the, mm-hmm. the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Halloweens and things like that. But something about this this real world family of, of, of just cannibals and just horrible people, something, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't click with me. And well, I mean, horror is sort of, I think one of the reasons why I love the genre, uh, and it reminds me of comedy in the sense that you know if it's working. Right, right, right. If a horror movie's not scaring you, it's not working. If a comedy's not making you laugh, it's not working, you know? So it's like, if you are able to intellectualize that movie to the point where you are, but it just is not going, it's just not working its magic on you, then that to yeah. me is almost like a definition of a movie you're supposed to love that's but a don't, great. You know? That's a great way to put it. But I, to me, to me, I think it holds up because it almost succeeds as like an art film or something. That's I mean, like, it's such a weird movie. I mean, yeah. but it, and I think that when I saw it on the Silver Spring, they played it at the AFI in Silver right, Spring right. a few years back. Um, and just seeing it on the big screen, I kind of was expecting to have something like the reaction you had of now I'm going to see it. You know, I saw it when I was a teenager and I'm going to see it years later and it's just not going to live up. Right. But it still is such a unique film, I think. But I, but I I will give it that. I mean, I would say that it's absolutely unique, especially Mm -hmm. when I try to think of it, of it in context. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and a lot of people kind of portray it the same way you just said it is like, they, they kind of view it as like an art film sometimes more than just a horror film, which I mean, you know, I I can't identify with that, but I mean, I definitely would, would, would be able to call it unique. Well, when I say art film, I just mean the fact that it feels really scrappy and it feels like an, it feels sure. independent down to the core. Totally. And it's so unusual, but it also is so influential. I think that's the other thing that I think is uh, is well, amazing that, about it. Like yeah. it is such a scuzzy little weird movie that that obviously you I know, can't argue that at all. No. Def- you you can definitely see the influence the movies mm-hmm. had, but just uh, not something that I that I loved. Texas Chainsaw. Well, the movie that I'm going to single out, um, I think this is one of the few on this list that I actively dislike. Um, And it's a film from 1994, and it's a movie that a lot of people really love. And in fact, this is an example of a director that a lot of other people have turned on, and they still tend to point to this film as a successful film. Talking about Clerks from Kevin Smith. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I was not expecting Does that. not do anything for me. Never has. <laughs> reminds Listening to those characters talk to each other it reminds me of the people I know that I actively avoid socially so I don't have to hear them talk the uh. way that they talk. I have never been into the Kevin Smith. I mean, I, I love, you know, I get together with guys like you and I love to bullshit about pop culture and it's like I'm constantly thinking about it in all these ways. But Kevin Smith's approach has just never convinced me for a second mm. like i i 
I almost put Dogma in this spot because that was another movie that a lot of people just loved, but that you I just like could Dogma? not. I, oh, I was so. I mean, I was. Admittedly, I was going. I went to a midnight show, so it's like I can. <laughs> you never can't be sure if it's really the movie. Yeah. But I found it extremely uh, hard to get through. Yeah. So, oh, but I just think I'm not a Kevin Smith guy. Right. Right. You what know, is, What is your favorite Kevin Smith film? Okay, the film that I saw. In the theater that I actually kind of liked, but even then it was a qualified like. But Chasing Amy was the one I saw in the That's theater that I actually thought was movie. like kind of funny. And yeah. then after that, I was like, I think Dogma was his next film. And after that, I was like, well, I'll, I'll check him out now. I'm, I'm on board for this. And and it just and I know that a lot of people dislike that movie vehemently because of the kind of sexual politics yeah. seem sort of unenlightened compared to our cultural moment of now, which is to say the notion of like someone's sexuality being something that you can sort of like in that movie isn't ben affleck like he's he's he wants to turn her back or she's what's what's the story in that like she's a she's bisexual but he he wants to turn her straight or it's just the sexual politics yeah, of that yeah, movie yeah. are kind of confused um but i mean i so i don't know that i would even enjoy chasing amy now but i think at the time what i liked was i like jason lee and I liked uh, at the time too. I, you know, it was Ben Affleck uh, when he. When I knew him as that guy from Dazed and Confused, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's he's playing a different kind of character yeah. in this. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that that movie's aged particularly well. But Clerks for me is definitely one of those that even when people are trashing Kevin Smith, they are saying, well, if only they could all be as good as Clerks, you know. And to me, it's just like that's the foundation of his of his Kevin Smith empire, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm unconvinced by it. So I'll jump on that bandwagon. I, I'm not. I've never been a fan of Clerks either. No. Gotcha. I gotta agree with you. I mean, it's a cool story that he made it for like twenty seven thousand dollars on his credit card. I think I really wanted to like it. Sure, it hit the scene around the same time as Reservoir Dogs, and it was part of that same kind of groundswell of people were talking about these young upstart indie directors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Reservoir Dogs definitely won my affections. Hilarious because that movie is actually on my list. <laughs> Boom! <Reservoir> Transition. <laughs> Seriously, this is going to be a more Let's interesting go. episode than Let's we go. thought. Yeah. So <laughs> take that one then. I love Quentin Tarantino movies, and uh, I had never seen Reservoir Dogs, and um, I'd seen Pulp Fiction, I'd seen Jackie Brown, I'd seen um, Four Rooms, because he did that one segment, and a lot of people hate that movie, but I thought it was pretty decent. So I watched Reservoir Dogs, and I fucking hated it. Uh Uh-oh. I just think that it was it was sprinkled with too much Quentin in the bad way. Like the so one of the things that is genius to me about Django is that uh I feel like dialogue wise he found his medium. The same with um Inglorious Bastards. Those are the two movies where I felt like the the shittiness that co- that can arise from him wanting to be like that, like I'm gonna be unfiltered, say whatever you want, and make these black jokes and do all this shit and talk about pussy and and that stuff can be very weird and overwhelming. And this was one of those movies where I felt like the dialogue that he brings to the table didn't work well. It didn't feel it didn't feel fun to me. I just I don't know. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like Reservoir Dogs, one of the most overrated movies to me on in his catalog. So, to me, to me, I don't know a lot of people that like it. So, well, I mean, I, th- I for me, it's still got that memory of that kind of feeling of discovery when I saw it the first time. But, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I have watched it 
again in, in recent years. And I, I see what you're saying now. I mean, it's very similar in a way to what I was just saying about clerks kind of being the foundation of that Kevin Smith mm. voice. Ke- you're right. You're right. The Quentin Tarantino's like his grubby little fingerprints and his style are just all over Reservoir Dogs. And yeah, it does yeah. feel a little kind of show offy almost like it does. But it still works for me. So he's he's good, though. Like, it's, it's not to say that, like. This is this is like piss poor for Quentin. It's not like piss poor for like anybody. Like yeah. he is uh, he is one of the best directors I think in in of our in time. ever in, in ever. ever. Is that what you ever. want to say? Of all time. in the history of ever times. But yeah, I think. But like it's shitty for Quentin. Like it's not. You know what I mean? His his shitty is better than a lot of people's movies. So that is to say that it is a quality movie that is <laughs> shitty for him. So. I don't know. I didn't like it. Sorry, Ronald. Yeah. All right, my next one is uh, actually going to take an action film now. Oh. A more recent action film. That as a movie I had I had a bit of a personal attachment to when I used to work at my old job cuz this is the movie that was made a long time before it ever came out. So you're like, "Eh, it must be shit. People don't want to see it or they couldn't mm-hmm. find a way to market it or whatever." It comes out, it's a huge international success. Spawning a sequel and making it star a, a, a new action star, and that's taken the Liam Neeson movie that literally every single one of my friends, and you know who you are if you're listening, rave about this film. I am one of those people. You are, you are, and I, I know you're it. listening right now. Is how I was referring I to you just listening. now. And it's on TV. Oh, well, let's watch it. Let's, we got, dude. Let's watch this. Taken's on the night. Like who who looks at the TV guy channel to see when Taken comes on? My friends. That's okay. a great example because that is a movie that even people that like don't like Taken 2 or don't like whatever that other movie that Liam Neeson did where he was playing a badass, not the Unknown. Gray, not the Gray which is a great film. Yeah. But they uh but like you know what I'm saying? Taken is held up as well. It can't be. They can't all be taken. And I haven't. You know, I'll be honest. I haven't seen. And why does they? Why do they keep taking his? Yeah, you right. Know what I mean, of all the people, they're, 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 there's a million women. I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about Taken. I mean, again, I will probably say this for every film. That Oddly I enough, Taken Two is your favorite film yes, of all time. Of all time. <laughs> Um, in the history of ever, it's on my other list of movies that people hated but I loved. Yeah. Um, we will do the flip side one of these <laughs> yeah, days. We'll flip it over. <laughs> I don't know. I just, again, not a movie I think is shitty. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I'll say this about every movie and I'll be a broken record because I feel like I need to do these films justice because I don't think they're crap movies. But it's, again, I think my perception of, I had thought, okay, if I had been able to see this movie before everyone else told me it was great, I would have been like giving it a low bar and it probably would have been a movie I loved because I thought, oh, it's, because it was one of those movies that was made years before it came out. It got shelved, mm-hmm. pushed around. You know, being produced by Luc Besson, finally got a release I didn't even date. know that it had that kind of a history. Like yeah, that. absolutely. And, you know, it just, uh, you know, when it came out, it took off. It, it, it blew up. I didn't see it immediately. Mm-hmm. Should have. And, uh, you know, everybody told me how great it was. Movie, it's okay to me. It's, I like it. It's an okay action film. Right. But, I mean, I, I if there is an action movie that I would say in the past, whatever, 10 years, that most of my friends will reference as, like, the action movie, mm-hmm. Taken. And I can't. I can't believe it because I've been just like there's tons of movies I would put before Taken, but you know it's just that movie like and like I said and and, and Liam Neeson is now an action star. It's that it's that phone call, absolutely. You know, it's absolutely. The, it's the I'm a man with a certain set of skills yep. and you've you fucked it, it's up. It's that like, scene. Yeah, 
and I will find you. That's a great scene. That scene is really cool. Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, there's parts of the movie that I think are fucking awesome, Mm -hmm. you know, but as a whole, I don't think it has the package that everybody else kind of gave to me. It's really hard to believe that he would, he could be able to do the things that he did. Like it's, it's like really far fetched. I believe that Chuck Norris could do it (laughs) before he could do it. So I don't know. Yeah. So that's mine. Next go. John, my film that you know you you had Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. and you had Texas Chainsaw. Uh-oh. This is probably going to be going my sacred territory my, here. My credibility losing reveal uh, will be that I'm not a fan of The Matrix. What? <laughs> what? Shit! I, I thought Hold it was on. good. <laughs> Stop recording real quick. I, thought, I think <laughs> you said the wrong film. The one you that, that I'm, the one that I'm going to say is probably going to be even worse. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well. No, I don't know. I might have the. Average, average this one. is the first time we've okay, ever the posted. Matrix. We've ever the posted. Matrix. In 1999, <laughs> this movie wasn't on my radar at all. Like I didn't see, I didn't see Bound, so I didn't have at the time a, a like a desire to see what the Wachowskis would do next. I just remembered those commercials where they said, "What is the Matrix?" That was like the marketing oh, behind man. it. That did not work on me at all. I thought that was the dumbest <laughs> ad campaign. Was that ever. because you already knew what it was? Well, I was just like, <laughs> it was one of those things to me where it was like, "Oh, there, that that thing I don't care about, that question I don't care about." They just asked. I can avoid this whole thing altogether by just not finding out what the hell they mean. But you know, I, it's like they were asking, "What is the Matrix?" And I was thinking. Oh, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Who wants popcorn? You know, <laughs> like it just didn't work on me. Um, and I read somewhere in advertising that advertising slogans built around questions are are, are frowned upon because mm. the audience can answer the question in their own mind. Oh. The example that a buddy of mine always used to point out was for a, a planned uh, parenthood type place where the, 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 the billboard for it said, pregnant, question mark, we can help. Oh, well, what if your answer is what? no? Then they're like, we can help. It's <laughs> like, okay, well. But um, so like, what is the matrix? I didn't care. But then everyone was talking about it. And, and, and talking about it, not just in that way that people talk about a movie they thought was good, but like analyzing like, you, you know, her name's Trinity. You know that that refers to the Holy Trinity. All these things that just sounded so philosophical and so deep. And it was the hype disease you were talking yeah. about. It got so built up. And then when I saw it and I realized it was like technically a really well done movie, but as far as the ideas in it, it, it did not blow my mind. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminded me of like a, a, a simple sci-fi idea of just the brain in the vat, you know, like the, what if the reality that you're perceiving is not the real physical reality that exists outside your mind? I, I think that's an interesting concept. I'm, I actually have grown to, to enjoy the movie more as kind of a cable staple over the years um, I'm not a huge fan of those kind of gimmicky visual effects that everyone falls in love with. So I sort of blamed bullet time on that movie, you know, the overuse of it. Yeah. Mm. I think when I go back to that movie and I see the way it's used, it's, it's got philosophical underpinnings. It's got, you know, like there's a reason for it. I think the Wachowskis are, are, are really smart. And I think that they, ha- they have, I, I'm always interested to see what they do. I kind of want to watch it again. But The Matrix, to me, was not substantially a better movie than this than the movies that came after. Like I didn't I didn't mm. see it and, and then see Matrix reload, Reloaded and feel betrayed by that movie. I thought that in a weird way, all they really did that was a mistake was they kind of diluted the the simplicity of the idea in the first movie. But it just never never had a, a personal connection to me. And I do think the kind of movie that has characters with names like Neo and Trinity is maybe a little. Uh, ham-fisted for for my tastes when it comes to that kind of thing you know it's like any character named something like hope or chastity or something like that you just kind of want to roll your eyes all the way back into your head but all right but it did give us hugo weaving and for that i'm thankful definitely he's he's great i love the matrix 
All right, so now it's time to rebuild our relationships now right. after that last round. Mine is mine is way worse. Okay, uh, so do it. Go. This is this is this movie, and I, is, and I will tell you before you say whatever you're about to say, you know where the door is. <laughs> this this is the blueprint of every movie that has come out after it. It is ambitious, uh, <clears throat> an empire. It is brave in a lot of ways and i for the life of me talking about tommy boy have not i've i've Don't not dare. i've not gotten the whole you know you know what is what it is is i watched it when i was a kid first and foremost before i say what it is i watched it when i was a kid and i didn't get it and because of that when i hear people talk about it it almost it's almost like jarring hearing people talk about it. it's like hearing nails on a chalkboard and i try to i try to be okay about it and i'm hoping that with what's happened lately that maybe i'll I'll have a resurgence and i want to go back and watch it say it star wars oh star wars. <laughs> that, that is a bigger hit than the main star wars I'll, i will give star that to wars. you Ron. so here's what here's what it is here's what it is i was this, just this, thinking this, the other day that this show might be going back how to well two that holds up yeah so, <laughs> right. so here's what it is here's what it, three men and, and, and it has it has to do with my childhood i actually haven't watched them since i was a kid mm-hmm. so i think i need to go back and watch them now and i, I feel like i'll i've i have them digitally restored and all that stuff i have them i've just you, have, you had them digitally you had restored them, <laughs> you put an order in for that to be done lucas go I've, go restore these for me i have Digitally acquired though. them uh and so it's it's very i it just hasn't see i think the reason why my affection for that movie has only grown is when i go back and i look at it i don't see any of the bloat that has hit the star wars saga since then like i don't mm-hmm. see any of totally. the sequels and all the prom- it's like it's a self-contained movie that's got a a, 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 a self-contained story mm-hmm. and it like the, it's fun it's light i mean it's I think it still holds up, but I will say this, even though my reaction to you saying Star Wars, I know so many people. It seems like there's a in general it almost seems like a generational thing. Like I know people I that think were, it is. I know I people that were too old when Star Wars came out and so they were already teenagers and they were cynical about it and they just thought it was this is for kids and it never connected. And then I know people who kind of what you said, it was delivered to them on a platter of this movie is the shit. Yes. And if you grew up with that all around you all the time and everyone's kind of going crazy for it, it's very easy to sort of go, Really? This? You know? And like then notice everything that could be could be kind of corny but about every, it. But I would say this is the rare occasion of a movie where everything that's corny about it almost makes it stronger because that that that's that swashbuckling adventure. You know, I I can always remember how unique it was at the time. Yeah. You know, now it really doesn't seem like as yeah. much of an achievement that to think it was that someone huge, would have made that was, type of and, movie. And that's I'm not taking anything from it. It's it it it's a huge achievement. And everything beyond that point was based on it. But like I guess what in a lot of bad ways, though, a lot of people point to the kind of Hollywood blockbuster culture that we have yeah. now and the fact that the, you don't see really intelligent films made for adults all the time. A lot of people look at that. You know, the success of Star Wars is kind of seen as like a the yeah. death knell of like the serious cinema of the and 70s. It's always been the Trek versus Wars. And, and th- what's happened, what happened is because Star Trek had so many like extensions of it, it's its legacy but was a little different it could be extended beyond oh this movie was amazing that was that came out 20 years ago and you have these iterations of it that were done differently like in like enterprise and next generation and 
Deep Space Nine, and there were all these different iterations of it where you can see something beyond the original source material that didn't feel so like, like, I felt like the last three that he made were horrific. <laughs> horrific. Yes. I mean, the last one. No, no, no. Let's, I, let's not, let's be, not, let's be, not. Because I wanted to pretend. see, I wanted to see it. They were horrific. No, I think that, the, yes, episode three. Revenge of the Sith, for those of you out there who don't mm. know the numbers, um, th- was a movie that had the benefit of it had all the scenes that it, we all wanted to see yeah, when we connector. heard they were making the prequels. But that I think that gave it a lot of goodwill that it didn't really deserve. Like, looking back on it, it's a mess of a film. And, you know, Lucas's plan. I'm so glad that whatever happens with that saga is now happening with other writers and directors Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think that's... I think, a lot of it was sullied by all that stuff. And I mean, like I, I was taking it all in the last three at a point where like my whole perception of movies is starting to build and, and those were terrible. And then I, 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 when I saw the first three, I was too young to really absorb it for what it really was. And I knew, I knew that it was different. Mm-hmm. I knew that this was a st- I, I could tell like that this was what everything else was based off of. You mm-hmm. can tell. But I didn't appreciate it right. at all. Well, I listened Not to a lot of musicians that, that were Not influenced by Elvis or Jerry Lee Lewis or Little Richard, and I don't listen to those guys. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think sometimes you can like the thing that was influenced by the thing without liking yeah, the thing. it's an appreciation for yeah. it more than, like, so that's what it is. I, f- I felt like crap for that no ronald you know what i think we've we've turned a corner this is a place of healing now because i hope that now you feel better because i love that movie and i totally understand why someone wouldn't right, like it right you know? it's, it's interesting it's okay. a tonal i mean we that seems to be a huge thing is there definitely is a tonal thing about like if 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 you're locked in from it then it's got you from the first moment yeah but if you're not then it's just going to look like the 70s you're going to be like why is this why in a galaxy far far away did everyone have that that right. 70s haircut you know? i'm very open to seeing it again though i am cuz well, i haven't well, you seen probably it. will whether you want to or not right. it'll, it'll be somebody will put it in front yeah. of me so apparently if you're hanging out with steve's friends it'll be taken but <laughs> no yeah you don't hang out with us so, <laughs> star wars i think okay i felt bad about no no it's okay man i think you cleared it's the fine. air all right mine and you can get out of my house my <laughs> bye 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 <laughs> My next choice is uh, nowhere near as high profile as your two prior choices. And I will go through it pretty quickly. It is 1998's Shakespeare in Love. Mm. Oh, um, I will take balls. my hate out on it, mainly because it won the Best Picture Oscar over Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Um, kind of a smart film, very kind of uh, aware of what it was doing. I, I mean, I did like some elements of the film. Um, the whole uh, like Shakespeare writing Romeo and Juliet fictional characters working in you know some of the things from his other plays like you know some of that was kind of cool but um there's no way in hell that movie was better than saving private ryan um and and having spielberg winning the best director that year um not that that's always a a gimme but i think that that was an appropriate moment to honor a a movie that or to award a film that uh deserved it and and i mean and shakespeare in love is a movie that I will never watch again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and again, a movie like, uh, you know, I went and saw after people told me that that was so great, you know, that it's going to get nominated. Every review is so great about it. Um, and I don't know that it's a movie that is as wild, widely acclaimed as some of the ones that we've mentioned earlier, but a movie that was very controversial when I remember, Mm -hmm. um, watching the Oscars then, um, 
and when I was still in high school and just like I knew nothing about movies, but I knew that I loved Saving Private Ryan. This movie was nowhere near. As good yeah, as when you me. hear a movie like that wins, you would think it was a bad year, but yeah, like if you would think in a bad year, a a Saving Private Ryan would win over a Shakespeare in Love. Like, yeah, it's hard to imagine what the logic behind that was. You know, is it just the Academy's grudge against Spielberg, or is it that <sighs> everyone wanted? It was is it like the peak of Gwyneth Paltrow's kind uh, of moment, or maybe a nice mix of all those things? I yeah. don't know. But I mean, like the other films, uh, like uh, what was it? Life is beautiful. No, um, yeah, Life is Beautiful. Yeah, that sounds about right. Thin Red Line and uh, some, well, I forget what the the fifth film that year. I don't know if that's considered a weak year. Maybe mm-hmm. is it? I don't know. Would you call that a weak year, John? <sighs> Elizabeth was the fifth film. I remember being. I remember like, that year. Five films, kind of being like, hey, like I remember not really having a, a dog in that in that hunt you know what i mean like like to me that was just is it a dog in that fight or a dog in that hunt that dog don't hunt i've got a dog in that fight those are the two phrases all right yeah that dog don't hunt steve and i didn't have a dog in that fight but you know like that's that to me makes it seem like like as opposed to this last year or other years i can think of where there were several movies being nominated that i was passionate about in some way i remember that year even kind of liking shakespeare in love and thinking it was strange that it was nominated for a bunch yeah but yeah that's it how many do you guys have, by the way? I have, I have three more. I have two more. You have two more. Well, I'll say two more. All right. So I've good, good, good answer, Ron. So I should have three more. Let me just see here because I <laughs> John's no, because gonna I have, have the last one. I do. I no. I, he always he's always got a, the the list of three for John is always a list <laughs> well, of no, four. I, or I'll tell five. you what I did was I I ended up or with a, a multiple of three. I came up with a list of movies, and what I then did was I went and looked at how much they grossed versus their budget, and then I went and looked at the Metacritic score, and so I I went down my list. So it, it it was easy for me to find there were certain movies you could kind of lump in together. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar in terms of Metacritic score. Uh, both very successful films. I'll just go ahead and mention in the same breath because, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sell myself out. I'm going to make a choice. I, I don't want Steve to think less of me. <laughs> um, I th- This is a movie that I um, enjoyed when I saw it and kind of would have forgotten most of it if it weren't for the fact that so many people just continue to talk about it and rave about it and rave about it. And um, it just, someone even gave it to me on Blu-ray as a gift. And I just, I have not put it back on. It's like, I think, I think visually it's an achievement, uh, but it's one of those rare movies that is like really well made in so many ways, but it's almost totally absent in the character department. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I do not have an emotional connection that really means anything to inception i just feel like it's a wow i think it's i think it's a feast for the eyes but it it to me the notion of ending the movie on the note of was it a dream or wasn't it a dream was just so i mean i i had that conversation about whether we did you see the top stop spinning or you know i i think that was it was kind of fun to there was a lot of buzz around it uh I, i i think that it's amazing i was shocked to see that it made uh, upwards of 800 million worldwide box office. So that's wow. pretty impressive. Was, crazy, you know? was it rated PG 13? I think it was PG 13. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, uh, you know, as jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt's got that great zero gravity fight Hell scene yeah, in it. That's awesome. Leonardo DiCaprio, I-, I have come in recent years to really appreciate him. I just felt like he was kind of a non non character. And there was, there were things about it that were great. Uh, the less said about Ellen Page for me is always the better. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like it's it's a movie that I think that had excellence all over it. But at its core was it was sort of a it was sort of a non starter for me, sort of a non story. I I will admit I have a problem with 
stories where the twist reveals that it was all in someone's head or could have all been in someone's head or we find out that what we were actually watching was someone's mindscape. I always feel a little bit ripped off in those moments. So that movie did a really good job of walking that line. And I thought the ingenuity of like the dream within a dream structure and the way all that worked, I thought it was really clever. But in the end, it was just like a puzzle box that to me meant almost nothing. So mm, gotcha. So Inception. Inception. Mine is a... Uh... A turd of a movie. <laughs> but everyone else loves it? Universally accepted as, as Will Smith's breakout movie. I think this movie is a turd. Independence Day. I thought you were going to say Six Degrees of Separation. No. <laughs> no. That was his first big movie. Yeah. I, thought gonna, yeah. I, I, thought, I, I was like thinking Bad Boys. No, Independence, Independence Day. Day. You're right. Big, you're right. That was the first right. big box That office. was a blockbuster. That was blockbuster. That was big Blo- Yeah. Shitty movie though. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Alien Invasion. Oh, let's blow up the White House stuff. <laughs> that so was the first one too. Like that's now a cliche, but that was the <laughs> right? first one where it was just like, let's just have a montage of national monuments blowing. White up. House down. Yeah. Produce, isn't it the same? <laughs> I think they actually pulled the clip. I think from the DVD of Independence <laughs> right. Day for the movie of White House up. Down. There, there's some like secret thing about White House Down. There's going to be aliens in it. It's going to be like the, oh, the sequel to Independence God. Day, and and no one knows it. That would be so crazy. That would be. <laughs> That would be so because he be, just came out and said that the sequels are going to be like a two part thing. Did, really? you, did you hear that? Roland Emmerich said that. Oh, that would be hilarious if part one of the sequels was, was White House Down. <laughs> no, I'm with you on Independence Day though. I remember when I when I went to see it in the theater, everyone everyone was so jazzed about it. <laughs> and I just thought I just thought it was it just seemed it, again it was one of those cases where they, there was clearly a lot of money being thrown at mm-hmm. this idea, which was just. Didn't Will Smith kind of a punch an alien? He did, and they also the they also uploaded a computer virus into the alien mothership. I think to defeat them at the uh, end. Okay. Never fails. Yeah, right. never fails. What? No, that's a great choice because because oh, a lot of people do good pick. a lot of people do point to that as like a pinnacle of like oh yeah you know action excellence. And also recently when the news started happening about the uh, the re- or not the remake but the sequels. Mm-hmm. I was I was sort of like oh I thought we had dodged that bullet but I guess there's you know it's been long enough people are Will Smith seems nostalgic. like he would be in a movie like that he he doesn't seem like he takes too many chances anymore like acting wise he's like you can play it safe I want to be the star did you hear that's why he Django that's why he passed on Django because he thought fu- uh, Christoph Waltz was the lead yeah what the fuck man. Which yeah. to me shows like a weird misreading of the story because there's no question <laughs> right. that Django's the strongest character right. Especially with a person like Will Smith, like he probably would have been a little more like, I don't know. I feel like I think it comes down for Will Smith. It came down to literally who gets to kill a certain character. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He said that in in his mind at the end, like he 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 would rather have killed the The, yeah. uh, That's weird. But he gets such a better in the movie. Django gets such a better like revenge at the end. He does. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, to me, that sounds like that's how a famous person of Will Smith's stature, he can just do that. He can just say, I can't be in this. That's not the lead. It sounds like he didn't read the script at all. Right. It sounds like he just glanced over. He counted the lines like, or something. It was like, this guy. Oh, okay. No, I don't talk enough and I don't. It's like, this Schultz enough. guy gets all the cool lines. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Can I play the German dentist? <laughs> just passed. Fucking asshole. <laughs> but anyway, Independence Day. Independence Day. <laughs> all right. My second to last choice. <clears throat> It's probably my controversial choice of the of my litter, mm-hmm. of this litter of films I've come up with. Um, pretty much any list I've ever seen of the greatest horror film of all time. And uh, AFI, uh, IMDb. Um, 
other letters. FBI. I'm sure it's on that list too. Mm-hmm. PDQ. PDQ. Um, PDA. Yeah. Anything like that. <laughs> PDF. Yeah, yeah. It's always on. The, it's always the number one <laughs> list. The number one on the CSI. list. CSI for, for the uh, the greatest horror movie of all time. Um, and it's The Exorcist. Ooh. Um, I know I've mentioned it before on our podcast. Uh, I think maybe we were talking about like horror films, like for the Halloween episodes. But uh, just like Texas Chainsaw, I will say that I could probably appreciate how much it frightened an audience at the time that it came out in the 70s or late 70s or early 70s. Sorry. And I've watched this movie. Uh, I've watched it recently and it took me a lot to get through it again. But I've, I've seen it in total like three times now. And I've never once, like John said earlier, it's never scared me. I don't know if it's because I don't really get scared by the whole like possession um, like devil, demonic, like that genre of horror film. Like, I don't know. I don't, maybe I, I just don't, re, you know, um, react to it. Like I do some other things, mm-hmm. but nothing about like with the church, with the little girl, you know, even the, the scenes of, you know, the iconic scenes of Linda Blair in the bed and everything. And, and, and you know, some of the shocking dialogue, you know, that she has in the film. I mean, sure. It's like some of that is interesting and you can see why it shocked people. Yeah. But, I have never responded positively. This movie would not even be on my top 10, 20 films, horror films of all time. Um, but yet I was I was promised that it was going to be the best one when I was, uh, you know, again, I watched it for the first time when I was a teen, but bored by it straight up. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can say it. I'm <laughs> bored by this movie. I watched it in the fall with friends of mine. You know, uh, t- to try to give another chance around Halloween while I was at Universal Studios for their horror nights, and people were talking about how great The Exorcist was. Like, let's watch it again. It took me like five tries to get through it. Mm. I just can't. The movie just bores me. Oh, the music wow. is awesome. I will say the the, the theme, the the, mm-hmm. the score is creepy. Probably scares me more than the movie it does. But um, yeah, Exorcist, not my cup of tea. You know, I I, I like the film, but I agree that it's boring. You know, like. I think part of it's it feels a little long. I I don't know. I I I I don't think I have this anywhere near the same kind of aversion you do to it. But I can agree that like there's certain things about it that have I don't want to. I hate saying it has not aged well, but I I do think that like it's one of those that if you have heard that it's the scariest thing you've ever seen, it's hard to picture what exactly in it is going to really absolutely send you like really what's really going to give you nightmares. There's a few moments in it that I think are, are top notch in terms of the horror, but outside of that, it's like, it is, if you're not into the kind of deliberate pacing slow and the sort of slow burn of like, a, 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 a they fully exhaust this one idea, but like, yeah. it's like every other possession movie that's come out, it's all become cliches. Yeah. Everything that was scary about this movie when it came out has become a cliche. Sure. Yeah. You know, so could be a victim of that. Mm. It probably is. But it sounds like you've given it a fair shake, you know. You I, tried. I've tried, man. Like, cause yeah. I, I, I love horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I and these like staples that I know that I'm supposed to love mm-hmm. or that I should, or everybody's saying, like, you you gotta see this. You got how do you not love this? And those two are always the ones that I always come back to that I've never found the appreciation or the reaction to, and and specifically the exorcist because of just it, every list I look at, every year at Halloween, everybody puts a list out, a new list. And I feel like, you know, that film and like, I feel like The Shining's up there a lot. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of lists, even Texas Chainsaw is up there on the top two or three. But neither one. And The Exorcist is some, is one that I've tried aggressively to watch mm. and give the, and to maybe gain the respect and, and, and the reaction to it, but never, never succeeded at it. 
So, um, yeah, an exorcist. The exorcist, Ronald. The exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. Let's go, John. One more. No. Well, you know, you got two more. Got two more. Two more. Um, Sorry, John. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you got really upset there. <laughs> don't, for a don't take one of those away from <laughs> he me. He threw that finger don't up in the air. Real no, 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 Steve. No, 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 Steve. Let me explain to you, Steve. Um, I'm really torn here because one of these movies is one of the hugest films of all time, but I feel like it it gets enough hate without me giving it hate. Oh, I think. Don't I'm... don't say because it, it might be mine. All right. I'm gonna roll with. The, I'm gonna take the chance that it's mine. I don't want this podcast to crash into an iceberg and sink. Oh, it's not mine. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I will talk about a different movie anyway because I think it's time that we remember that uh, Juno was not a very good movie. <laughs> you didn't like Juno. I didn't like Juno. Oh, I think damn. it's my Ellen Page problem, you know. But I just found that, and you know, and it's and it's it's. I don't dislike like the existence of Diablo Cody. Mm. But I do think her dialogue can be incredibly cutesy and overwritten. When mm-hmm. I think about that movie, the things I like, I liked, I liked her folks. I like, I thought J.K. Simmons was great. I lo- I thought, um, I thought even though he's, you know, I know how Ronald feels about Jason Bateman, but I thought he was playing a real character. Like sure. he, and the fact that his character was kind of revealed to be sort of a a douchebag, even yeah. though I thought that character. It would. I was more interested in the movie when it seemed like the unlikely friendship between those two characters was going to be the point of the film, mm-hmm. and then it turns out. But you know, whatever the case, it just was not working for me. I thought the dialogue was was overwritten. I I do not think Ellen Page is a particularly convincing actress, no mm. matter what she does. I always sense this weird kind of ironic. She's like the opposite of Anne Hathaway, whereas Anne Hathaway is this theater girl who throws herself into whatever she's doing <laughs> with the desperation. Ellen Page is too cool. For school, she's uh, just sitting there. She, yeah. The way she says her lines is just like eh. even when she was on SNL, she did this thing where she was practically looking at the camera and kind of going wow. And I just don't, I just don't buy it. I don't buy you, Ellen Page, uh, and I don't buy your movie, Juno. Well, you know, I could have just as easily said Little Miss Sunshine. It was that was jockeying <laughs> for a spot on this list, but um, mine is a huge one. It's rated so highly on IMDb. This is your big one. This, this is, your is final this one. is my. <laughs> All right. So f- acting people's asses off, acting their asses off in this movie. But this movie is a certified fucking turd in my eyes. <laughs> I'm going to run down some of the actors. All right. And you you just fucking, let me see. Jack Nicholson. Right? Mm-hmm. You ready for this? <laughs> He's an actor. Leo DiCaprio. Oh, The Departed. The Departed. Get out of here! I fucking don't like The Departed, man. The Departed is. Uh, this is your chance to say I call it The Departed. <laughs> it is. It is. It's not that good to me. It is never. I watched it the first time, and I felt like people were reacting to it around me, and I was like, "Should I like this movie? Maybe I should just say I like it." Mm-hmm. I lied to myself for a very long time, man. I, the Departed and, and the other one that he did, I don't like as much either. Um, the one that uh, Ben Affleck wrote that you love. Um, not Argo. Not I love Argo. Um, the, the one, the, the town. Yeah, the, the town and the, the he Departed. Wrote, he directed it. Did it, he write that one as well? I thought no. he wrote The Departed. I mean, The Town. 
He didn't write Affleck? the tour? No, yeah. I think he so. directed it. Okay, well, he directed it. I, I just didn't like I forget things. who he cast in the lead role, though. <laughs> I know it was a really good role <laughs> for, um, like, a chiseled, mm-hmm. like, uh, authoritative performer, but I can't must, remember. Actually, he did cast. write that, too. Oh, yeah. he did. You're That's right. He wrote like, and directed. Right. So Boom. I, so we're all right. So <laughs> Boom, we're all right. Can I wear sweatsuits all movie and fuck people up all in the movie? Check. <laughs> Check. Can I have a hot girlfriend? Check. Yeah, I think I, I can. Think I, I get away with it. Check. I think I'll do it. Can I live at the end? Check. Check. <laughs> yep. What did, did you know? walk through Fenway Park? <laughs> Check. What did you say that that movie should have been uh, renamed? Uh, ben Affleck wins every time. Yes, man, he <laughs> wins every time. Like it's it's so the Departed was just. But we're not. Yeah, we're, we we were just talking about the town. Yeah, now we're back the town the also overrated. Uh, but the Departed is uh, a, a plethora of great acting. It it is is it is a it is a great 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 story. Um, I don't know if it was executed as as well as everybody thinks it was, mm-hmm. and maybe it was because. So here's what it was. Here's what it is. I've seen a bunch of really well written movies, and like that are tend to be European. Like I like uh, what's his name. Uh, Oh, Mr. Bean, brain fart. Rowan Atkinson. Uh, he did Benny Hill. Um, not Lair Cake. I love Lair. Matthew Cake. Vaughn. No, he does one of the flashier ones. He was married to Madonna. Guy Ritchie. Uh, Guy Ritchie. I love Guy Ritchie movies. I love uh, a lot of the like UK mafia movies, and and sometimes I feel like America has lost its way in a lot of ways. Like we used to be the innovators. We used to push culturally things forward we used to be the creators of original ideas and amazing things q green luke oh what's oh man i screwed that up i was gonna say q <laughs> was his name lee greenwood lee greenwood yes and this, God this, this, you, you did you did mess that up <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say lee greenwood and i tried to I started to say luke skywalker <laughs> I was looking at you and still pissed that you didn't like Star Wars. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's that thing where, like, you. It's that mashup. thing where you, th- you, you think, like, man, like, we used to, like, dominate good movies. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like that anymore. America, it, fuck it, yeah. It feels like one Coming of those to things. Save the motherfucking day. Yeah. You know, it's true, though, that, like, this feels like a, so it, many of these movies that we that we see that are legitimately, like, Beautifully crafted mm-hmm. and really exciting are not are not made you know like something like the Raid Redemption yeah there's it's, like nothing American about it right really, you it's, know? it's it feels like it felt like one of those movies that was am- amazing for an American movie like mm-hmm. this is amazing for an American movie because the original was excellent as well like the original uh, Infernal Affairs yeah that that movie was incredible but like I don't like that like. I don't know. I like remakes. Some remakes can be. I mean, some remakes can be okay. Like uh, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm. Wait, do you, do you hear that recording? Jeff? I'm trying to be positive. We're gonna about we're gonna, this. We're gonna do an A B and uh, we're gonna kind of go back and compare it to a, what he was if saying. If it's a good remake, jeez. I mean, but this was a good remake. Steve but, wasn't arguing that bad remakes are good. But yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. He was, he was arguing that remakes could be good. Yes, <laughs> are are capable of being good. I'm I'm trying to you've adapt that so mentality. Lo- you've, you've come so far. Yeah, Ronald. I'm trying to, but that. This didn't feel like it felt like good for an American movie. Yeah. I don't like when movies feel like that. Everybody's like, it was so good. It was so man. I'm like, man, I, I feel like 
Layer Cake blew that movie out of the water. To I me. think that what you had with The Departed was it was kind of the brand name. It was like Martin Scorsese going back to doing yeah. like a crime story. It was Jack Nicholson in a Scorsese film, which was, you know, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the movie, but it's another one of those that I have a hard time. Like if someone has a low opinion of it, it's like it's just it's a cop story. So it's yeah. like you eat, it, it, it gets by on the quality of the story and the movie making or it doesn't. And if yeah, obviously for you, it didn't it didn't. Clear what you're calling is hurdles. a wet fart like I'm calling. Yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's OK. You know what I mean? Right. But, well, I thought it was a little odd that it got all of the acclaim that it got, yeah. given that it's one of those cases where with someone like Scorsese, I think that isn't that wasn't that his first Oscar? Was for directing the, the Departed. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, I think that what is a hell? to me that puts it in the sort of t- took a movie that was I thought very good and puts it in the overrated category. Yeah, because automatically, it's it's not it's not the best movie of his career by far. So yeah, so I don't know. That was my Departed. All right, my final choice. Oh, it's not the one that hit the iceberg, oh. but it's the other one. The actually one that replaced that film is the biggest grossing film of all oh, time. God. Avatar. Right. Um, you know, I don't know what to say about Avatar um, that hasn't been said about Ferngully or Pocahontas. Uh, but, uh, you know, sure. Awesome visual effects. Um, I don't know. When if, you, I ex- if you want to see drag, uh, blue people on dragons fighting army guys in helicopters, you will see no better. Yeah, it's absolutely the number one realization to. of that. In a class of one, it's that movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I don't know. I just recall seeing the film in 3D, and, and it was, you know, I remember, like, there was this whole hoopla, and I, actually, it was one of the first films to start this whole practice of, like, where they would show, like, five minutes of the movie in 3D, like, the summer before it came out, or, like, the season before it came mm-hmm. out, and now some movies do that, like, Star Trek did it in some other movies, but, you know, because of the the event that it was, and I mean, granted, Avatar was that film, like, just like Titanic mm-hmm. was, where it was absolutely absurd how much... How, how many like how the, the legs on the film you know how much staying power it had repeat viewings it had domestic international everything with this movie just clicked and you know a part of it was of the machine you know this huge film that james cameron had been working on forever created all this technology to make whatever but watching the movie i i didn't relate to anybody any of the characters in the film i was not i was bored by it i <laughs> fell asleep during it uh, even even after seeing it multiple times you know just again because i you know even if I don't think it's like a shitty, shitty movie, but to be the greatest or the highest grossing film of all time says a lot about a movie, whether or not it's like the best reviewed film of all time. But for a movie to be that high on the list, there has to be some sort of, uh, I guess, like general consensus from an audience that it was really good because it's not just that a lot of people went to see it once. It's that a lot of people went to see it three, four Five times, yeah, and it was yeah. huge. I mean, it was, it was, but it was like, it almost felt like such a cynical move because it was like James Cameron seemed like what he was doing was saying, "Well, now I'm going to do the 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 next yeah. highest grossing film of all yeah. time." And I do see that he's put a lot of his kind of heart and soul into creating that world. But yeah, it was just such, it was such a like from a story standpoint, it was virtually not there. You know, there was uh, absolutely. Um, and like I said, I, I like Pocahontas and Ferngully more. So yeah. there you go, take that. <laughs> What's your last one, John? My last one uh, is a movie that I, it was like I felt when I when I thought of this movie, I was so glad because this is this is the one that's the painful one to admit for me. This is the movie that I, you know, when I was like taking film appreciation classes and learning about film history, and I was getting into kind of the 
that kind of film buff phenomenon of trying to rediscover all the all the old movies. You know, like this was the movie that kind of kept looming large on the horizon. And I just when I was growing up, people talked about this movie as though from the acting standpoint and from a filmmaking standpoint, it's just impeccable. And this was one of those that was always in the kind of top five or so of the best movies of all time. Um, you know, it's it, the lead actor in it went through a, a major physical transformation to play the role. And I think that that is something that I find impressive. Um, but despite that, I just can't muster up a lot of enthusiasm for Raging Bull. I've never been able to really sit through <laughs> Raging Bull without getting bored, without getting tired of these miserable people yelling at each other. I just don't have like a big association with, uh, like with, you know, the, the man, Jake LaMotta, like that, it doesn't really m mean anything to me. I was never a big sports guy. My dad would watch boxing when I was a kid, but it was never, you know, he didn't have anybody like that, that he just revered. Mm. And it wasn't like something I heard stories about, except for the fact that everyone, you know, Oh, this movie. And I, I do think De Niro's performance is, I mean, it's, it, if you're looking for, the evidence of why he's held to such a put why he's put on such a pedestal as an actor. I think you look at a movie like this and you can definitely see that that transformation. He's definitely playing a character. I just found it kind of boring. And it's one of those that I'm sort of embarrassed to say, I don't know for sure that I've ever made it through the whole movie without falling asleep or pausing it and just not coming back to it or whatever. So I feel like it's a it's a skeleton in my closet as a as a film lover. But yeah, Raging Bull just I mean, it's it's you're, you're not alone in that closet, it's, John. It's definitely not. I, it's definitely not my favorite Scorsese film, you know, by yeah. far. Like when I look at that list, I, I I would put Goodfellas at the top, most likely. But uh, you know, I yeah, it's just it's weird. It's one of those things where we're even appreciating everything about it that made it kind of an achievement. I still just can't get too excited about it as a movie. So, mm. so that's my raging bull. And you know, uh, Metacritic score that was the highest one. Uh, my my uh, list went from the lowest Metacritic score to the highest. So Raging Bull actually had a ninety-two. I was kind of surprised. The Metacritic scores they're a lot harsher than the uh, than the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Yeah. So whereas a lot of the Rotten Tomatoes scores for these movies I was talking about tonight would be like in the eighties or nineties on Metacritic. Most of them are in like the seventies. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, this is one that I still I'm I almost feel like it's a given that one day I will watch it again or try to watch it again. Uh, the other thing that's notable about this movie was that in doing the kind of research, the gap between what it cost to make and what it made is the narrowest. It was an $18 million budget and it made uh, just shy of like 23 and a half million in the wow. theaters. So it's crazy when you compare that to something like Juno that cost 7 million and made upwards of 230 million. Wow. That's Juno crazy. made that. Wow, that's dude. A Juno was huge. Yeah. Uh, I so like, like but, th but think about the stature of Raging Bull. Think about the stature of Raging Bull and the yeah. fact that it was such a yeah. small. I mean, it's, it's funny to me how often that happens. That when you go back, it's like it's like when you find out that um, you know, like one episode of Big Bang Theory gets like five times the viewership of an episode of Mad Men. Yeah. And yet, Mad Men is the you know the, the the people that write about television are in love with a show of that quality and so you would think that that's like america's favorite show but really it's like walking dead regularly doubles uh the numbers of madman yeah. or something like that so to me it's like the fact that raging bull you know is is has the stature that it does and it you know has such a small gross compared to some of these other movies that, that i thought that was kind of eye-opening i think with independent movies or auteur driven films like a scorsese film i think you're probably always going to see a studio that will pay a director like that 
so many dollars to make a movie because it's it's a prestige thing to have that director yeah. working for you. But I was shocked to see that, yeah, Raging Bull had had made just a little bit more than its budget. Wow. You know? It doesn't seem like that would have been really nah, a success. I don't know how marketing budgets worked back then, but yeah. maybe things were different in 1980. But <laughs> So that's our list, right? That's our list. That's good list. I think it was actually, yeah, it went pretty well. I think so, too. Some shockers, some not so much. Mm-hmm. Some agreement, actually, amongst us, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, if you, if you, if you seen those films and agree with us, then you have good taste. <laughs> and, uh, if you don't, and you're a part of the groups that, I, well, I don't know. I don't want to say you don't have good taste, but well, you it's know, they're not as good as ours. They're listening to this podcast. So p- clearly they're in a bad place and they're completely out of control <laughs> in their life. Get a hold of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't you have something better to do? Yeah, but we'll have to do the flip side of this. We'll have to yeah. do the ones that like, we're supposed to be complete shit and we actually loved it. Yeah. Or, or some some way to more eloquently say that. Maybe not using the word shit. I don't know. I'm sure Ronald can come up with something a lot better. I could. Spend some time doing that. But but for now, just hold that thought, Ronald. <laughs> yeah, just take it, take it with you when you leave here tonight. So, yeah, a little bit of business. We are actually going to be going dark again next week. I know we've been missing some weeks. We're going off the grid. We've been missing some weeks lately. We're going to try to get back on uh, that weekly schedule that we maintain from summer pretty much all the way through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I know for a fact that what day is it? The The 26th. We'll be back back on the 26th. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Next week, no episode, but after that, we're going to try to have something every week for for a little while, which should be easy because the the uh, summer movie oh, season is kind of starting to heat up a little bit. So shit's going to get good. Shit's going to yeah. get good. Oh. Oblivion is one of the bigger ones coming really soon, right? Have you seen how many times they'll play the trailer for Oblivion right after the trailer for After Earth? It's like they what? really Why want you it? to I've notice that, that. that the two Scientologists have made the same movie. <laughs> yeah. So weird. <laughs> Is right after. I've I've always noticed that. Yeah, so hopefully, one of them will be decent. One of them will. It's just a matter of which one. Yeah. yeah there's there's no way they both could suck, yeah. right? No, 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 not, not, no. not possible. No. Not possible. Not possible. No, not this no, time no, of the year. No. Not with those big stars. Not with TC. <laughs> um, As Jack Harper. <laughs> I think it's Jack Harper. It should be. Yeah, it's not. Jack Reacher Harper. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Episode 67 is in the books. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hit us up, moviesmovie.net, facebook.com slash movieschmovie, or at our Twitter's at schmovie. Right, Ronald? Something like that. <laughs> How did that happen? I what? Think, I think we messed it up. Is or, at schmovie or at movie? At movieschmovie. Oh, you can find us. Yeah. Yeah. Just look up movie. No one uses Twitter anymore anyway, right? And if, if you can't find us online, just go outside, get on the street, ask around. Just yell our names. I'm, one yeah. of us will probably be close enough to hear because... Most of the people listening probably live with us. Yes. <laughs> Something of that sort. Right. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for listening, as always, and uh, you've made our day. Take care. 